Welcome. Welcome in to Sports Talk Chicago. All gas, no brakes. If you're looking for the same old sports talk, get out. You've come to the wrong place. Hey, we ain't come this far just to come this far, you hear me? I tell you what I see, I tell you the truth. We going hard today. We're fearless, bold, and highly opinionated. This here show. This show is so hot right now. The biggest guests, the hottest takes, and the best interviews live right here. Do you actually remind me of Dan Patrick? Because you ask great questions, you have the knack, you have the gift. On Sports Talk Chicago. Yo, Chicago. Here's your host. The guy's an absolute stud. John Zagul. Hello, everybody, and welcome into Sports Talk Chicago. We have breaking news to open up the show. The Bears have traded number one overall pick to the Carolina Panthers. We have wall-to-wall coverage today about what it means, what the Bears got in return. DJ Moore coming to Chicago, plus more about what the Panthers could be doing, what the Bears could be doing in the new mock draft. There's so much to get to. We appreciate all of you being here on this big show. Here on Sports Talk Chicago, my name is John Zaglou. John Meadows is directing and producing, running everything behind the scenes. We're brought to you by our great sponsors, Amish Country Farms, for the best Amish food in all of Chicagoland. Hit up Amish Country Farms today in Orland Park, and make sure you tell them Sports Talk Chicago sent you. They have imports weekly from the Amish of Northern Indiana, and also have some great specials going on there too, with sweets and also some fresh foods from the Amish. Again, tell them Sports Talk Chicago sent you. They'll take great care of you. We are live right now on YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook, all at Sports Talk Chicago. Follow me personally at John Z Sports on Twitter and Instagram, John Zaglul on Facebook. And appreciative of having all of you here contribute to the conversation. It's a big day, and it's a big situation for the Bears moving forward. We want to hear from you. Comment on the YouTube live feed also on Facebook and on Twitch. We're going to address your comments near the end of every single segment. I don't know where to start today. <laughs> Probably don't hear that from me too often, but this is the best possible outcome for the Bears, and I could not be happier with the results from this trade. I'm not going to sit here and say the Bears fleeced the Panthers or say that the Bears won this trade because, really, if you're giving up all that and if you're Carolina and you get the quarterback you want, nothing is too much. But in the moment, the Bears didn't need a quarterback, and they got back a maximum return for that top pick maximum return. I don't think they could have done it any better. I don't think they could have gotten back any more than they had gotten from Carolina. They did exactly what they needed to do, and that's a credit, first and foremost, to Ryan Poles. Ryan Poles did it. Ryan Poles did what he set out to do from the beginning. He was gifted this number one overall pick. He was gifted the Bears' general manager job in general. He had to prove his worth, and so far, early returns say he has certainly proved himself. He has certainly done what the position has required of him. As a GM, you're a deal maker. Your job is to get the maximum value out of an asset that you have, and he did just that. Take a look at the trade returns for the Bears, and they're certainly favorable. The Bears gave up the number one overall pick, and they got back the ninth overall pick from Carolina, a second-round pick at number 61, a 2024 first-round pick, a 2025 second-round pick, and, of course, D.J. Moore, the now de facto number one wide receiver here in Chicago. So the Bears gave up number one, and they got back a number one wide receiver, a couple of first-round picks, second-round pick. Everything that they needed, somewhat, they addressed in this one trade, and here's why. We know the Bears have so many holes, but wide receiver, I think, can now be checked off the list. So that's taken care of. You have a quarterback. 
You still have some money to spend cap-wise. Now you have a couple of first-round picks this year and next year, which you could draft offensive linemen, edge rushers, maybe some cornerbacks or safeties. Maybe another wide receiver if you really wanted to. But the Bears have everything that they need now. And they played this trade unbelievably well. I mean, I saw the notification Friday afternoon, 4.30, 5 o'clock. I couldn't believe the return. There is not one thing I had to complain about at first. I thought maybe another first-round pick would have been nice, but DJ Moore certainly suffices that extra first-round pick that the Bears didn't get. And I think that's the way we have to look at this year. Wasn't 100% happy knowing that the Bears... Only got two first-rounders back, but with D.J. Moore in the mix, the trade was certainly worth it. I think, truly, it could be a win-win trade. Carolina, as of today, has no idea what to do, according to reports. They don't know which quarterback to take, and according to a quote from Doug Kleiman, the situation is that they have 50 days to figure it out. So they're going to do their due diligence over the next 50 days and hopefully pick the right quarterback. I'm just so happy this is not on the Bears' plate. They really had the best situation possible. They have a quarterback, somebody they know and they can trust to do the job. They had the number one overall pick. They knew they were going to trade it. They don't have the pressure of having to take the right guy at number one. They give away the pressure to a different team, and they bring back a haul of prospects and players. Boy, am I glad I'm not Carolina right now. they got to make a pick. they got to make a decision. And if they pick wrong, they are going to be fleeced forever. If they pick right, it's a win-win trade. And I, I wish them the best. I really do. They got Frank Reich, offensive-minded head coach. They've re-signed Sam Darnold. That's really it for their quarterback core. They need a rookie quarterback. There are a couple that they could choose from, really four main ones. I don't know who they're going to pick. I don't even know who the best guy is. I mean, Bryce Young, I've been saying his name forever. I don't know if that's where Carolina's going to go with it. Anthony Richardson's made some gains throughout the combine. C.J. Stroud is some the consensus number one to some, and then uh, Will Levis. So I don't know what Carolina will do, but I do know the Bears avoided any sort of trouble with that number one overall pick, traded it away, and got so much back. I just couldn't be happier, and I couldn't be more proud of Ryan Poles. This is a trade that even though he's a year into his tenure, that could cement his legacy. This is a trade that could cement his legacy right now a year in. That's not an exaggeration because this will let the dominoes fall and start the building blocks to to move in the right direction because now you have, if you're Ryan Poles, Number one wide receiver, you acquire a couple of first-round picks. You draft wisely with those. You could turn them into superstar players, and this team could look like your team by next year or the year after. They could be molded to the way you want them to be and talented enough to the point where they could win. So this truly is a make-or-break move for Ryan Poles, and I would say right now, early returns say, right move. He made it on this trade. And I would say, too, even if the worst happens and these couple of picks turn out to be busts, at first glance, the trade was correct. Bulls still has some pressure to make the right moves draft-wise, to draft the right guys at number 9, number 61 next year in the first round. 
there's still some pressure there, but we all know the Bears have a quarterback. We know the Bears have a number one wide receiver, and now they have the chance to beef up their offensive line or defensive line and bring in more superstar talent at a rookie contract-type price. So I think Brian Poles did an outstanding job with this trade. I have no complaints about it. I think this is exactly what the Bears needed. You know, we've talked at length about generational talent and how this is a generational pick for the Bears, and they turned it into exactly what they needed. I've heard from so many GMs over the years that you don't want to draft based on need. You want to draft the best player out there. Well, in this case, the Bears made a trade that not only helped them out for the best players out there, but actually got them somebody based on need. Now they don't need to draft a wide receiver or spend money on pointless wide receivers who just suck, plain and simple. DJ Moore is a proven WR1, a proven commodity. You team team him up with Chase Claypool, Darnell Mooney, and there are three solid wide receivers, including a leader for once, for Justin Fields. That's a weapon for the Bears. That's a weapon for Fields and a weapon for this team. Couldn't be more excited. I think Ryan Poles completely hit this one out of the park. And I think at this point, um, there is very little, if any, criticism to give to Ryan Poles here. Now it's just time to see how things play out. Now the waiting really begins. We saw the trade happen, surprisingly, long before NFL draft day. Now the question is, what will the Bears do with their remaining cap space? Who will they draft with those top picks? What will Carolina do? Too. And that's pressure on them. But I think Ryan Poles did this absolutely right. And like I said earlier, to open up, it's so nice that the Bears got rid of this pick with little fanfare, little problems, and they pushed the pressure on Carolina to make this pick. Think about that for a second. You have a situation where you have the top pick, tons of pressure on you to get this one right. Instead, the Bears say, no, we don't need to necessarily get this one right. We're going to trade it. (laughs) We'll get back a haul. The pressure's on you, and we just won this trade. And we have money to spend still. We still have number one picks. We still have a chance to draft somebody good at nine or next year at 61, too. Ryan Poles did absolutely everything right here, and for somebody who's only been a year on the job, it's, it's impressive, to say the least. They couldn't have done it any better. I mean, this cements the Bears as something very significant now. I mean, the Bears are in one of the best positions in the entire NFL, no question. They have a young quarterback who's still controllable money-wise so far. Brought in a number one wide receiver. Still have the ninth pick in this draft and a first-round pick next year, number 61 as well. Add that to the mix this year. Another second rounder coming up down the line, too. They have money to spend. I mean, they're in the same exact position as they were a week ago, and all they did was make a trade and bring in more assets. And you would think, oh, they lost the number one pick. Well, they got back so much in return that I think they're in the same position. Money to spend. Now a new number one wide receiver. First round picks galore. Top-tier quarterback who has room to grow. Oh, yeah, new GM, new head coach. Things are pointing up. They are in an excellent position 
They're in the same position, if not a better one, compared to a week ago. And the sky's the limit for this team. The sky's the limit for what Ryan Poles wants to do. He is making his mark on this team. I will caution people and say, hey, Brian Pace did the same thing, right? A 2018, the Khalil Mack trade. He made some moves. The Bears won. So the Bears aren't out of the woods yet. Ryan Poles is not out of the woods yet. We need to see some success on the field. And we should see that, you would think, based on these moves over the next couple of years. But I will say, right now, they're in the best position possible at this point in time. And I will say this, too. There is no reason why the Bears can't be a legitimate contender in 2023. There's no reason now why they can't go 9-8, and 10-7. and seven. You have given Justin Fields a number one wide receiver and three solid, in general, wide receivers. You have Justin Fields ready to grow. You have uh, Khalil Herbert ready to run. I know David Montgomery, a little bit of a report recently said that he may not be coming back. That's unfortunate, but okay, you can survive that. You have a top pick this year, another second rounder in addition to all the picks you already have. The Bears have an opportunity here to really draft well, bring in some quality offensive linemen, edge rushers. They could be 9-8 and eight or 10-7 and seven next year. And I think at this point, and I'm not too early in saying this, we have to expect it. This is a move that signals I'm a winner. This is a move that signals I'm a contender. This is a move that signals I'm going to be great and I'm going to beat your ass. So we have to expect that now from the Bears. We have to demand that from them. Now the second step is, what will the Bears do this year? First step is done, which they easily exceeded everybody's expectations. Now the question is, how successful will they be? What should we expect them to do? What do they expect themselves to do? And I think if the expectation is not 9-8, and 10-7, and, and a fringe wildcard team, then they're crazy. Even with the first-rounder next year, because look at Seattle. Seattle knew they had a first-rounder via trade for this season, still went 9-8, and eight, still made the playoffs. And they still get a first-rounder via Denver. This upcoming year, Bears are going to get a, a first-rounder via Carolina. That doesn't mean they can't go 9-8 and eight or 10-7 and seven and then still cash in on the first-rounder next year and continue to build through the draft, even though they're a good team. The time is now to expect greatness from this team. They could easily go worse to first, in this division even. Assuming Aaron Rodgers leaves, I mean, who's going to be contending up top? It's really going to be a free-for-all. The Vikings were lucky last year. They had a bad point differential. Detroit was good, but can they replicate it? Then the Bears. Anything's possible. We have to expect the best from this Bears team come next year. We have to expect 10 and 7, 9 and 8. And if I'm wrong, you guys tell me in the comments, but I don't think that's too much to ask for based on this trade. This trade sent a signal to everybody. It told everybody, hey, we're going to be good now. No more tanking, no more 3 and 14. We're actually in this for the long run. And with these resources that we got back, it's time to say, yes, we could be 10 and 7. We could be 9 and 8. We are good enough to contend and compete and maybe win this division. They are right on track. They're right where they should be. And it's time we start demanding more in a good way. I don't mean this in a negative sense. This is a good thing. Our expectations should be heightened. We should be ready for a year to remember 
for the Bears at Soldier Field. I think it's going to be a year to remember. This could be the beginning of an entire era of success. If they play their cards right. Like, look at Atlanta in Major League Baseball. They have all their young talent signed through at least 2025 to 2028. Their core is there. Atlanta just won a World Series. They're still going to be good for five to eight years to come, no matter what. And they're still signing people as we speak to extensions. They're young kids. Think of the Bears the same way. This is the one move where if the Bears go 10-7 and next year, they sign some guys, they keep people that they want to keep. Justin Fields improves. Have a chance, but this team could be good for five to ten years based on one trade. That's why this trade is such a legacy builder for Brian Pauls. It's the trade that's going to cement his legacy already here in Chicago. And although that might be unfair in his first year on the job, he succeeded. He did this right. And as for Carolina, I wish him the best. I hope they find the right quarterback. But at the same time, the Bears forced them to give up a lot for that pick. There was a lot of value attached to it. The Bears played their cards right and forced everybody to buy in and forced Carolina to really buy in to get that pick. I love it. Ryan Poles won the game of chicken. <laughs> he held his ground strong and was a strong negotiator in this case. And I think that's another small key that maybe we aren't going to be talking about as much. He's a strong negotiator. Very strong negotiator. We didn't see it too much this past year, and he had a couple of hiccups along the way, the Larry Joby thing and not many signings. There were issues this past offseason. This year, much improved. And the Bears could not have done a better job with this trade. They bring in a WR1. They bring in a couple of first-round draft picks, second-rounder as well. They give up the pressure of drafting at number one. They tell everybody they're confident in Justin Fields, and they force Carolina to overpay for top talent. They force Carolina to overpay for top talent. Because at this point, any one of those quarterbacks, it's a it's a crapshoot. We don't know who's going to be good or not, and it's going to be up to Carolina and their scouting department to figure out the guy who's right. Now the pressure goes to Carolina, their GM, Frank Reich, new head coach, to pick the right quarterback. No second chances for them. Pressure goes to them. They give up so many resources to move up. Ryan Poles gets rid of any pressure on him and brings in tons of resources. He's the winner. The Bears are the winner no matter what happens. They could draft a great quarterback, somebody better than Justin Fields, and it'll sting in about five years. But if the Bears win a Super Bowl because of all the options around Justin Fields because of a better wide receiving core, better offensive lineman, better defensive line, then it won't matter. And I think that's the key, too. Of course, I'm worrying to an extent that maybe one of these four quarterbacks are going to be better than Fields, and the Bears made a big mistake, but I'll tell you what. One Super Bowl, that's it, just one, will justify all of these moves and this behavior by Ryan Pauls and this trade and everything that comes along with it. Just one. That's it. One Super Bowl. That's what the Bears should be aiming for over the next five to ten years. Really, preferably five to maybe seven. There should be a Super Bowl in the mix coming up, and it all starts with this trade. This is the beginning of the timeline for the Bears and for the Super Bowl. All right? This is the beginning of the timeline. Like, you know how people go back, you know, Chart out history, right? This is the beginning. 
So it's all the way at the end. And from here, things continue to grow and grow and grow. And we'll see over time the Bears going 10 and 7, 11 and 6, 12 and 5. They're going to win the division one year. Maybe they won't go far in the playoffs. Next year, they win the division, they go far. Next year after that, they appear in the Super Bowl. It's a gradual process, but this starts the process and starts the ball rolling. And that's the exciting part. We're past the rebuild, we're past mediocrity. We're past jokes of receivers and jokes of games to watch. We are now at the point where this team better be 9-8, and 10-7 next year. And we got to be ready now for sustained success. It's unbelievable. I just, I couldn't be happier with this trade. It was really an expert job by Ryan Poles. I don't think Ryan Pace would have done this. I'll tell you that right now. I don't think Ryan Pace would have been able to pull off a trade like this. In fact, it's opposite. Ryan Pace gave up tons of first-round picks. Ryan Poles is retaining them while still holding on to a quality QB, some weapons, even bringing in a top-wide receiver as part of one trade. Just so happy. And I think my feelings are projected on everybody who follows the Bears. This was a great trade and something the Bears should be proud of. I'm going to check in on some of your comments here. A lot of you hanging here with us on YouTube. We're also live on Facebook, and we're live on Twitch, too. So hang with us there if you'd like as well. I knew there were going to be great GMs, as Dan Tanner. Poles helped build the Chiefs, and Ian Smith helped build the Eagles. Thank you, man. Ian Cunningham, both teams were in the Super Bowl. We're good. What a great first draft, and what a great first draft trade for Poles and Cunningham. We're putting a tremendous amount of pressure on Justin, letting him grow without immense pressure. Andre, uh, good point there. There's going to be pressure on Justin Fields, and I think you know if we're going to talk about where the pressure goes to next or who's going to be under the hot seat, it will be Justin Fields, unfortunately. But it could be a good thing, too. Justin Fields showed enough to say that the Bears should make this move. That's the good thing. Justin Fields showed enough to say, hey, you guys can make this trade. I'm competent enough to be your quarterback. So there might be more pressure on Fields, but he's earned it and he deserves it. And now the question is, how much will he grow in 2023? I feel like the Bears are going to be held back or moved forward by Justin's performance. Ryan Poles did his job. He could wash his hands of the entire matter. Now it's up to the players on the field to perform. DJ Moore better be getting 1,000 yards this year. And Justin Fields better be making a name for himself this season in Chicago. Uh, the Bears have had some heinous first-round picks for a long time. We're going to have a first overall next year, too, right now. So the Bears are going to have a first-round pick next year. Depending on how Carolina does, it could be the top pick. And then you could be in a situation again where you trade it. That's also possible, and you turn that into five picks or four picks. Embrace the pressure as to Ron. Yep. Jordan Love will have a better career than Fields. Don, what are you doing in this chat? Come on. Wait a minute. Jordan Love will have a better career than Justin Fields? I mean, I I have been fair in my critique of Justin Fields. You guys know me. I'm not loving on him too much. I'm trying to be fair down the middle of my critique. But if you actually think Jordan Love's going to be better than Justin Fields, then you don't know football. I mean, Really? I don't expect that to happen whatsoever. And the Packers are really screwed because if their backup option for Aaron Rodgers truly is Jordan Love, they're going to have a long season, long couple of years, until he understands how to play quarterback. 
if he understands how to play quarterback. Joseph, I'd wait until he brings home the Lombardi about Ryan Poles and about honoring him, and that's a fair point, too, and I'm not going to criticize anybody who is still skeptical even after a trade like this because the fact is the Bears still need to produce results now. So this part has been done, and I said Ryan Poles really could wash his hands of the entire matter. He did what he needed to do to set up this team for success. Now the question is, will these players perform? Will Justin Fields take a step forward? The Bears put a lot of confidence on him and in him. They are investing in this team as if he is the guy Will he prove everybody that he was deserving of that investment? But the Bears still draft smartly. They still have the, they still have the ninth overall pick. I mean, they still have options at number nine. What are they going to do? So there are still a lot of open-ended questions, a lot of ties that aren't tied up, a lot of loose ends. Um things that we're going to have to see how they play out moving forward. But I will say right now, at this moment, huge move. And they're on the right track. I don't know who's going to win the division this year in the NFC North, but I can guarantee you this. It won't be Green Bay. I don't think it will be. So you have three teams you're going to be fighting with. Detroit's going to be a problem. Minnesota will be a problem in in the sense that they won a lot last year, but if you look at their point differential, maybe you'll believe this, it's the exact same as it was a year ago at Mike Zimmer when they went 8-9. So they really didn't do a lot. They just won close games. Can they keep up that luck this year? Don't think so. The Bears have an opportunity here to really make something happen. Hey, Jacksonville went from worst to first. The Bears could do it too if they wanted to. If Justin Fields balls out, if he even just improves a little bit based on last year, throws for, let's say, I don't know, 3,200 yards, maybe 1,000 rushing yards again, 20 passing touchdowns, a little bit less interceptions, this Bears team could very well be near the top of this division, winning at a 10-7 and maybe. Maybe it'll be a weaker division. Anything is possible. Detroit appears to be the problem, but let's be real, it's Detroit. Look, um, I used to use that line a lot at the shy, but I'll tell you what, now I can't because the Bears blew an incredible lead against them last year and blew a game that they should have won. and The Bears could barely beat them. Um, Detroit's going to be a formidable opponent, and Detroit is in a situation where they still have a decent draft pick. They could still draft a quarterback or at least wait till the year after to draft somebody. They have Jared Goff, who's certainly capable. They have a good run game. They have a lot to offer. So I think Detroit will be a legitimate contender for the division. It's going to be a problem for the Bears. Minnesota, I don't think it's going to be that big. I think it might be Detroit and Chicago vying for the division, which (laughs) if you can believe that, I think that's really what it's going to be. And the Bears now need to beef up their offensive line and their edge-rushing ability now that they have a formidable wide receiving core. Maybe draft a running back or sign somebody as well because David Montgomery is most likely leaving and then go from there. <clears throat> Appreciate everybody tuning in. This is Sports Talk Chicago. John's Glow hosting, John Meadows directing and producing. The Bears have pulled off a blockbuster trade with the Panthers. We just kind of went through a reaction, but I do want to get into the weeds a little bit, talking about the Bears wide receiving core. 
And although it's so big that the Bears got rid of that top pick, turned it into a couple of first-round picks, I'll tell you what, DJ Moore coming in is the most underrated part of this trade, and it means the most to the Bears right now. Like, these picks could turn out to be great. But right now, right here, the biggest piece of this trade for the Bears in return is DJ Moore. DJ Moore is a number one wide receiver who is ready to play today for this team. DJ Moore is ready to go. And all of a sudden, you've got DJ Moore, Darnell Mooney, Chase Claypool as your top three. E.Q. St. Brown is your four slash blocking wide receiver. Cole Komet's going to be your tight end. Bellis Jones either breaks out or becomes more of a bust. We don't know, but those top three are very solid. You could build your foundation of wide receiving talent on those three. Plus, let's not forget, the Bears could even draft a wide receiver at nine or at 61 or the year after. This is exciting. And I think right now, after being one of the worst wide receiving cores in all of football last year, the Bears have suddenly shot themselves up to at least mid-level, if not top 12 or top 10 with this receiving core. E.J. Moore's a consensus number one, but they got Darnell Mooney and Chase Claypool, who are at least number twos, and they're very high-end number threes. You have depth, which I love. Now, it's not like you have a number one, then a bunch of sixes or fives. You have one, you have a two, and then another two who's going to be a three. Maybe it's Claypool, maybe it's going to be Mooney. The Bears have depth at their wide receiving core for the first time in a long time. And they have a quarterback who needs desperately wide receivers. You've provided something your quarterback needs. A young guy is trying to learn. And you brought in a top guy who's put up numbers, by the way, despite situations that have not been good in Carolina. And I, I say this all the time. The way you judge a wide receiver is not by just pure numbers, but by how he puts up those numbers with the situation he's in. So, for example, I bring this up. Allen Robinson, great wide receiver. Here's why. Had a plethora of different quarterbacks in Chicago and Jacksonville. Still put up 1,000 yards. Look at D.J. Moore and his numbers. Three straight years of 1,000 yards. Last year, 888. And who was throwing to him last year? P.J. Walker, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield. My goodness. And he nearly put up 1,000 again. With that team, with those quarterbacks throwing to him, he still produced. DJ Moore, regardless of who's a quarterback, can put up numbers. Like, what about the year before, 2021, put up 1,000-plus yards, Matt Rule as head coach, and they had Sam Darnold, Cam Newton, and P.J. Walker thrown to him. That's horrible. Year before that, Teddy Bridgewater, P.J. Walker, throwing to him. Horrible. I mean, he's never had a great quarterback throwing to him, and yet he's put up quality WR1-type numbers. And you imagine what's going to happen if Justin Fields really turns it on in 2023 and he has DJ Moore right there, and Justin Fields turns more into a passer instead of a runner, and he has a number one wide receiver. It is going to be mayhem on the field. And that's how I know I don't even need to watch DJ Moore play to know that he is a quality wide receiver. It's that simple, and I've seen it play. It's a great wide receiver, but what I'm saying is he's been through so many mediocre quarterbacks, and he's still put up numbers. He's still found ways to produce. He's going to do it here. He's going to do it here. 
The Bears wide receiving core has become, I'd say, top 12 in football based on depth, based on who they have. Now, there was a new report that came out today, and this is interesting for Pro Football Talk. Actually, came out just an hour before we came on live. The arrival of DJ Moore could complicate the Bears' relationship with Chase Claypool. So Chase Claypool is going to need to be paid after 2023. DJ Moore is going to be making $20 million per year. And he's under contract through 2025, but Claypool will want money next year. Pretty scary. Maybe time to worry. So here's what I take from that conversation and from this article. This is a prove-it year for Chase Claypool. Should the Bears be paying him $20 million per year? Is DJ Moore worth it? Yes, and here's why. I don't like paying wide receivers $20 million per year, but here's why I'll tolerate it with more. The other wide receiving options out there in free agency are really, frankly, trash. And that's why I think the Bears did so good in acquiring somebody now before free agency started. Because right now, as I look at this list, everybody's old and everybody sucks. <laughs> Those are the options for free agency for wide receivers. Adam Thielen, Robbie Anderson, Nelson Aguilar, Sterling Shepard, DJ Chark, Randall Cobb, Marvin Jones, Julio Jones, Byron Pringle, who should never step foot in Chicago again. These options suck. They're horrible. And I would not advocate for the Bears paying any of those guys even $15 million. So I'm okay with them paying more 20. And if James Claypool wants to have a problem with contracts come next year, it'll all depend on this year and what he's going to do. There are no more excuses for James Claypool. None. You got to produce this year. Right now. Like this season, James Claypool better have at least 800 yards, that's a fair assessment for him. Last year, you can make all the excuses you want. He was hurt, didn't learn the playbook, wasn't used enough. This year, no excuses. If Chase Claypool doesn't have 800 yards, your ass is out the door. The Bears don't need to pay him. They could draft somebody and replace him or sign somebody next year. But the timing of this is amazing. The Bears did not have to pay anybody this year wide receiver. Now they have three. They could draft somebody else, make it four, and you're good. They don't need to pay anybody, which is amazing. Because this group is just completely underwhelming, frankly. I mean, five years ago, Adam Thielen, okay, great. Robbie Anderson, Nelson Aguilar, these are some nice names, and these are all recognizable names, but have any of them produced lately? The answer is no, not really. Robert Woods just got signed to a deal for two years. That's it. Maybe Robert Woods would have been nice, but I mean, Nikhil Harry's going to be a free agent. I mean, look at these other players out here. Sammy Watkins is so old. Jamison Crowder. None of these guys have performed in a long time. I mean, Philip Dorsett. I mean, what are we looking at out here? T.Y. Hilton is going to be 33 years old. Odell Beckham's still available. The Bears will need wide receivers in the future. They needed one this year, and they got one without having to overpay for some of these crappy free agent wide receivers. And by the way, they could still draft a wide receiver next year in the first round or this year at number nine and again at 61. And the Bears have a great track record of drafting people late in drafts and making them into superstars. Donald Mooney, fifth round pick. Bayless was a third round pick and that didn't really work well, but anything is possible for this year. I think it's worth remembering 
something that we didn't talk about much in this trade. Everybody was so focused on the top pick and the picks that came back. I was too. I was guilty of that. But when you actually go through the weeds of this trade, the top thing right now, something tangible that we could see is DJ Moore coming in and becoming right away the number one wide receiver. The Bears were in desperate need of a top guy. Now they got one as a part of this trade, and he's going to be controllable through at least 2025 for $20 million a year, which truly is a discount. It's a discount compared to some of these other wide receivers who are going to want big money for no results. DJ Moore is young, and he stands up to the test of, is he a good wide receiver? In fact, he's a great wide receiver. He is. If you're putting up 1,000-plus yards per year with the likes of Teddy Bridgewater, Sam Darnold, P.J. Walker, and Baker Mayfield thrown to you, yes, you're a great wide receiver. You are number one. You know how to put up numbers. You know how to get open. You know how to catch footballs from four different quarterbacks, all of whom are mediocre. <laughs> you are a number one wide receiver. You deserve to be paid, and you deserve to be the guy here in Chicago for Justin Fields. So many people in the chat right now, so many people with us, and we appreciate all of it. The timing was right, according to Dan Tana. I agreed. Greatest trade in sports history, Iceberg Slam. Interesting. Well, we're going to have to wait and see about the jury on that one. How would you address both lines in free agency and the draft? Well, I'll tell you what, Philip, I appreciate the comment. Um, the Bears have to draft, and we're going to talk about this actually in our next segment, so you should stay tuned for that. The Bears have to draft an edge rusher. They have to draft an offensive tackle in this draft at hopefully numbers 9 and 61. Then from there, you can still address people in free agency with what you need. Cornelius, man, I'm so pumped about the offseason. LFG, yes. Uh, you keeping Nikhil Harry? No, Andre. He's going to be gone. Uh, Nikhil Harry is going to be a free agent. Zane Cozy, the Bears could get Marvin Harrison Jr. next year from the Panthers pick, which is possible. Then you go from there. There's another quality wide receiver. You add him to potentially a lineup that will include at least D.J. Moore and Darnell Mooney, maybe Chase Claypool still. Then you got potentially Chase Claypool and Darnell Mooney being your three and four. No RB at nine. It's all about the lines for both sides. So the Bears draft JSN and don't pay Mooney next year. Adam, I think that's a great idea. So there's definitely chemistry for JSN and also Justin Fields. I think it'd be a great idea. But I would actually suggest this. Maybe I'm wrong. I would rather pay Darnell Mooney than Chase Claypool right now. Chase Claypool has done nothing in a Bears uniform to deserve a contract. Darnell Mooney at least has shown that he can put up numbers despite bad quarterback play or different offenses or developmental projects on offense. So if I had to pick today between one of those two to pay, I would actually pick Mooney over Claypool. That's just me. Do we still take Carter if he's there at number nine? I think the Bears will. Do I like the situation that's surrounding Carter? Definitely not. Uh, the Bears are a team that's all about uh, integrity and character, so I'd be stunned if the Bears did take him there. But I will say this. If it happens, it happens. I'm not going to be mad. At the end of the day, Carter is a quality player. I preferred either Carter or Anderson to go to the Bears regardless. Bears take one of them, too. And if Carter's there at number nine because of this whole controversy off the field, you take him and you wait and see what happens, I guess. That's not a horrible strategy. But I don't know if the Bears are willing to take that risk legally with the stipulations surrounding him. 
The Bears have historically been a team in which they don't like to tread those waters. They don't like to take people who have criminal histories or problems off the field. But maybe that precedent has changed in the Ryan Poles. Maybe they will bring, bring him in. And if they do, hey, he's a great on-field talent. I have no question or no doubt about his on-the-field ability. My problem is the off-the-field stuff deserves to be punished or deserves to be handled. The Bears find a way to handle it? Great. Yeah, Torian Whitfield, right. Poles is doing his detective work on Carter's background. Exactly. Um, I don't like the situation with Carter, but I do know he's a great player. So if the Bears take him, I'll be conflicted. But if it happens, it happens. and There's nothing anybody could do about it. This is Sports Talk Chicago. John's Zaglul in the driver's seat and John Meadows directing and producing. Still live, giving you some big coverage. The Bears pulling off a blockbuster trade. They trade number one for Carolina for number nine, number 61, a first-rounder next year, a second-rounder in two years, and D.J. Moore. But the question still is, what will the Bears do at number nine? I mean, they still have a first-round pick. They're still inside the top ten. We're acting like, oh, now the draft doesn't matter. No, 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 wait. (laughs) They're still inside the top ten. And according to a couple of mock drafts now that we've seen so far today, the Bears could be going in a number of different directions. According to CBS Sports, the Bears will draft Lucas Van Ness, an edge rusher from Iowa, at number nine. Here's what they say about Van Ness. After trading out of number one overall, Chicago moves back and addresses the front seven. Van Ness is a player built on power, but he showed off his athleticism at the NFL Combine. According to Pro Football Network, the Bears will take Paris Johnson Jr., an offensive tackle from Ohio State. The Bears were happy to move down given their top need was not a quarterback, and better yet, it was protection for their quarterback in Justin Fields. As such, sitting pretty at number nine overall, the Bears grabbed the top tackle on the board and Fields' former teammate in Paris Johnson Jr. A former guard, Johnson took to the left tackle spot tremendously well in 2022. He's best on the move in the run game, but he's no slouch in pass protection. So we now see a couple of names that could be available for the Bears at number nine. I say this, the trenches are going to be what counts at number nine. The Bears do not need a wide receiver in that spot. I know JSN might be gone. Maybe he's still going to be up there late in the first round or second round. I doubt it, but maybe. But the Bears have addressed the wide receiver position. They have. They've done all that they needed at that spot. They have three good wide receivers. They have no offensive linemen. Believe it or not, it was Tevin Jenkins, in my opinion, who was the best-performing offensive lineman for the Bears in 2022. And defensively, their pass rush sucked last year. They need help on both sides of the field, on both trenches. That's what they need. They don't need another wide receiver right now. Now, if they want to draft one at 61, if they want to move back maybe and turn it into a couple of picks, like, trade number nine and get picks, I don't know, 13 and 16 or something, and they take a wide receiver with one of those two picks, fine. But I firmly believe the Bears right now need help in the trenches. So if you're going to take Van Ness, or if you're going to take Justin Fields' former teammate, which would be nice, Paris Johnson, I'd be fine with either of those picks. What I want for the Bears is a strong offensive line. That's it. Because now you've addressed everything you've needed for Justin Fields. 
you got the wide receivers. You have money to spend. You could not another running back, maybe even another wide receiver on a small deal. But you have more than enough wide receivers for fields. You have a coach who's going to be coaching him again, Luke Gensey. You have the opportunity to turn him into more of a passer than a runner. So now the question is, what's going to help Justin Fields become a passer? Answer is the offensive line. <clears throat> right? What will help Justin Fields utilize DJ Moore? More time in the pocket. If you're building a team around Justin Fields offensively, you draft an offensive lineman at number nine, no questions asked. That's it. What's going to help Justin Fields utilize the weapons that you traded for? More time in the pocket. More protection, an offensive line, something to help him take the pressure off. That's why you draft an offensive lineman at number nine. And I'd be fine with the defensive lineman too. The Bears have tons of problems with the pass rush. So if Carter is there at nine, you take him. But I really would prefer an offensive lineman at nine. You need it. It is necessary. And there's still money for free agents. There's still an opportunity to sign somebody as well. You could draft someone and sign someone. Then you bring in two quality offensive linemen. So it's not an end-all, be-all number nine or number 61. But you need an offensive lineman. You need to grab somebody in this draft, somebody who's highly touted, who could be there for you for the next five to ten years at least. So the Bears need some help there. And with this pick, I think that's the way to go. I really think that's what they should do. I don't think a wide receiver is going to be key here. I don't think it's going to be other positions that could be out there. And, you know, maybe the Bears draft based on best player, and they draft a running back or a wide receiver. But all these mocks and all these draft analysts are even saying, at number nine, it's going to be either an edge rusher or an offensive tackle. And that's fine. That's what the Bears need. They still have free agency opportunities, too. They still have money to spend. I mean, you know, if they don't bring back David Montgomery, they may need to spend on a running back, but could also spend an offensive lineman, defensive lineman, too. There's an opportunity for the Bears there. But I think with this pick and with this situation, you have to target protection for fields. I go back, and I'll say it again. Ryan Poles made a trade to bring in a top wide receiver, to utilize that talent, to utilize the assets that came from this blockbuster trade, you need to give Justin Fields time in the pocket, protection, and confidence to throw the football. The only way to me that's going to happen is if they boost up the offensive line. And it starts at number nine. Starts at number nine. That's it. That's what I would prefer the Bears do with that ninth pick. You know what I like, too? It's so cool. The Bears still have the ninth pick. Isn't that amazing? After all this stuff that's happened, after these big trades, you think the Bears are going to be out of the first round, they still have the ninth pick overall. They still have a chance to draft a highly touted prospect. Somebody who can be and who is elites. If Carter's out there, you draft Carter on top of it. 
there's still a huge opportunity for the Bears to make a splash in the draft, let alone what they already did. I'm just saying. Fields needs time to throw the football, and here's the opportunity for him to do it. Here's the opportunity for the Bears to build up right there. Joseph says, it's funny how he had most time to throw, but fastest pressure. JF made time. So we got two second-round picks again. Dan, we only have one. because Remember, the Bears traded their second-round pick initially to the Steelers for Chase Claypool. <laughs> so they got back what they gave up, and they still kept Claypool, and that's why I think the trade's even more genius for that. My Brian Poles. So they did a good job there. That's right. You're right. Uh, Diabetic Coochie is your name. Uh, we have broke one second round pick. Yeah, that is true. You're right. Yeah, they do have another one. My bad on that. Yep. <laughs> Got to change your name. Got to change your name. Yeah, I see everybody laughing on there. I didn't even want to say it out loud, but, you know, we're not on radio right now, so we could take that out. But I appreciate the clarification there, guys. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> yeah, this is such a great situation. And um, yeah, the Bears still have two second-round picks. So that makes it even better. So the Bears have so much to work with still in this draft after trading away the top pick. And I really firmly believe at number nine, you got to take an offensive lineman. You just got to do it. You got to help out your quarterback even more. Then there won't be any more excuses for Justin Fields, right? There won't be any more problems. At this point, it's going to be, hey, we got you some protection. We got you a top-wide receiver. Maybe we'll find a running back in free agency to pair with Khalil Herbert. Now it's time for you to make something happen. Now it's time for you to get something done. So it's a very exciting time no matter what. I think that's the moral of this entire story for the Bears. It's so exciting. You know, we sit here and we're talking about who are the Bears taking number nine, and oh, wait, they traded number one. They brought a first uh, number one wide receiver in. They brought another first-rounder in, in in the future. They have Justin Fields. The Bears have everything they need to be a championship contender in the years to come. They have set themselves up for tons of success on paper. Now, nope. now we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know how this is all going to play out. The Bears could draft a couple of busts. I don't know. But I do know this. The Bears have done everything they could to be ready for success. And Ryan Poles, at this point, has done a fantastic job. It's up to the Bears now. It's up to these players. It's up to their drafting strategies in order to make something happen. Kyle, no more excuses. Exactly. And, Mike, we're going to be excited this time next year, too. Potential top five pick, especially, yes, if Carolina really tanks it. I mean, if they draft a quarterback and he comes onto the scene hot, maybe they win a couple of games and things don't go their way. But right now they have Sam Darnold and they may have a rookie. And I can almost bet or I could have an idea that Sam Darnold's going to start game one. And they'll put in the rookie after Sam Darnold loses the job, which is going to be inevitable. But regardless, it's going to take a couple of games 
for that rookie to even play. And then it's going to take even more time for him to develop. I don't know how good the Panthers are going to be next year. I don't. I, I am not confident in anything for them next year. I think they're going to be five and twelve, maybe six and eleven. That'll be a success for them, really. The Bears could get another top ten pick next year after this trade. On our way to being kings of the North, that twenty twenty four is going to be fire. Yep. I love fields, but besides more, the best part of this trade is the ability to flex if we do need a quarterback that next year. And you know what, Adam? That's a great choice, and you don't need to worry about saying that stuff on my stream. I don't kill people who have that idea because I see you put the qualifier in there. And the, <laughs> I love JF, just never know. You don't need to worry about that. You're right. If Justin Fields totally blows this next coming year, the Bears have a chance to draft a top quarterback in the first round, probably top 10 next year. And they'll still have the pieces around said quarterback to make him into a superstar. So no matter what, they have all their bases covered. They really do. If Justin Fields somehow turns into a giant bust this year, you could draft a new quarterback next year at number nine, number eight, maybe number two or one again. You're right. And that's a great point. I think no matter what, the Bears are covered and they're good. And it's going to be great. It's exciting. It's it's exciting to watch this. It's exciting to be a part of this, be a part of the action, isn't it? You know, we've witnessed so much mediocrity, so much turmoil in regards to GM and head coach, quarterback, firings and signings. I've seen enough of stop gaps. I've seen enough of just BS. I want to see results, and for once, we're seeing some. And we're seeing a chance for the Bears to really turn into a powerhouse over the next five to ten years. This is a new era in Bears football. It's a new era in Bears football. Gone are the days, I would hope, of constant coaching changes, front office turmoil, different quarterbacks, and here come the days of stability. And that's the key to the NFL. It's stability. Do you have stability or quarterback position? Do you have a head coach you can trust? And do you have a GM who's making the right moves for you? Some teams are scared of consistent turmoil because they just don't want to hire anybody, so they keep the same people in office who just aren't winning or aren't producing. Like, look at Las Vegas and Derek Carr. All these years of Derek Carr, and he's been quality, but he hasn't been great, but they were worried about stability. Now he's gone. Right? The Bears have done a good job here now, and seemingly having a stable GM, a stable head coach, I would hope, and a stable quarterback. This is the way to have it go. Mike Feeney in Connecticut, Chicago, hires Lovey to replace Lori. Well, Lovey wasn't in the election, but I'll tell you what, if they had some write-in votes, I'm sure he got a couple of those. Polls through this past year done a very good job. I agree, Philip. You got me feeling like I'm in church this Sunday. Okay, Mike. <laughs> Dan, oh, thank you for another great stream. John and Jay Meadows, for, and for me screwing up Ian Cunningham's name, LOL. Dan Tana, $10. Thank you, Dan. <laughs> Dan, always a friend of the program. I mean, we go back and forth every week, um, and it's so great to see him. And check out his channel, uh, Tana Sola. It does some great tech stuff on there, reviewing new phones, new products, um, you should really check that stuff out. I give him a like all the time when he posts a new video. 
This was one of the reasons I said this trade was also genius. And imagine if the Bears draft a QB next year to be that backup, it could be a Brady and Rodgers situation. Good point, Joseph. Right, you could bring in somebody who's going to sit the bench for three or four years, who could be great. And if Justin Fields demands too much money, or if he doesn't work out, you have somebody waiting in the wings, too. I'm not saying they're going to do that, but it's on the table, and we have to wait and see how this year goes to determine if that's even going to be a possibility. <clears throat> and as far as that last comment goes on Brian Poles, I'll say this. Um, I was very disappointed with how he did last year. Now, he handled some situations. But at the end of the day, he was fiscally responsible, didn't spend too much money, and now the Bears are in a position where they're going to be okay. They still have a ton of dead cap due to Ryan Pace. They still have things they need to work on. They still need to develop Justin Fields. <clears throat> I mean, nothing's perfect, right? They are far from perfect, and I want to make sure we make that clear. There are things that still need to be worked on. But they're moving in the right direction. This is way different than two years ago. I said this before, and I'll say it again. Do you remember where we were two years ago as a fan base or where we were two years ago as far as the Bears go? The Bears had just fired Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace. They had the most dead cap in all of football. And they had everybody wondering who the hell would take this job. And now, we sit here today, the Bears have tons of first-round picks, quarterback of the future, first top wide receiver, money to spend, and more picks in the years to come. How crazy is that? In the period of two years, the Bears have done all this. I mean, I would say, although we haven't seen results, Ryan Poles should already be in consideration for executive of the year. He should be. I mean, you turn around this team from lapping stock and nobody wants this job to, hey, we have a ton of cap space. We have a quarterback. We made a big trade. We have first-round picks to come. We have a top-wide receiver that we didn't have to overpay for. And this is just the beginning. It's so different than what it was before. In a period of two years, this team has turned around from lapping stock and, oh, I don't want to work there. That's a horrible situation, too. One of the best and most resourceful teams in all of football. And that's not an overreaction or an overstatement. The Bears are one of the most resourceful teams in the entire NFL right now. They are. They completely fleeced Carolina in terms of picks and in terms of WR1. They have picks in the future. They have a quarterback of the future. They have a competent GM and a chance to draft even more and also sign some free agents come this offseason. Bulls got the Panthers having second thoughts, LOL. Yes, sir. Yeah, Tarian. I mean, here's where I stand on that. I said it again, or I said it before. I'll say it again. Um, you can never overpay for your QB1. If Carolina, and I, and I really hope the best for them, if they could draft Bryce Young and he turns into a superstar, then it's worth it. But no matter what, right now the Bears did win this trade, and it's only going to become equal over time. We don't know what's going to happen down the road. But right now, we do know that the Bears won this trade. We're going to have to wait five years or six years to determine whether or not the Bears fully, fully won this. But in the moment, they did win this. Carolina could get their future quarterback, and maybe he turns out great. And we could reevaluate the trade in the future. But right now, as it stands, the Bears won. 
Skylar Hamilton, Ryan Pauls is the exact opposite of Ryan Pace. I mean, I agree. They might have the same initials and similar names, but they're opposite in their approach. They really are. I mean, Ryan Pace gave up tons of first-round picks, spent too much money, had the Bears over the cap, had dead cap space that's still on the books today. Ryan Pauls came in, cleaned up all the dead cap space, traded away to get more first-round picks, brought in a top-wide receiver, and, and isn't irresponsible when it comes to money, and, oh, by the way, knows how to draft a little bit. They really are polar opposites. Very good point. Panthers trying to get the Texans to buy so they can recoup some picks. <laughs> Panthers, um, oh, got to sign a premium RT and DL, and that'll pr- provide us more flexibility. Timothy, you're, you're on the right track there, too. Brad Holmes has seventh, sixth, fifth round picks, balling like pro bowlers. But Pace had a nice 50 shades of gray haircut, though, LOL, JK. <laughs> Lobby one, let's build him a statue at the new stadium, LOL. <laughs> Philip. Jeez, some of these comments I should be filtering, shouldn't I? Uh, family, family show, family show here. <laughs> but um, I think this is a decent place to stop. I do want to say one more thing, um, and he knows who he is. Go back and forth on Instagram a little bit. I believe his username is Hebrew Baseball, or it's Baseball Nation here. I want to give a shout-out to his son, Brody. Shout-out to his son, Brody, on the stream today. He is a Chiefs fan, unfortunately, but he's trying to become a Bears fan through his dad. So if you're watching today, thank you. Uh, Brody, I hope you enjoyed the program today. And I hope you didn't see some of those comments near the back. I really hope you didn't watch those. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Great show today. So many people watched, so many people commented and hung out with us, and we appreciate it. John Meadows directed, produced, and made sure everything worked out. Big round of applause for him in the comments. Appreciate all of you tuning in. Support our sponsor, please. If you're in the Chicagoland area, head over to Amish Country Farms today. They have some great Amish food from the Amish of northern Indiana. Support a small business. Support local farmers. They need our help. Hit them up today in Orland Park. Tell them Sports Talk Chicago sent you. Follow us right here. Hey, if you have not subscribed to the channel yet and you like what you saw today, subscribe. Please, right here on YouTube, like the video. You can also find us on Twitch and Facebook. We're always live on those three places at the same time. You can follow me personally at John Z Sports, Twitter and Instagram, and at John Zagluel on Facebook. Another live stream coming at you Wednesday, so stay tuned for that. We're going to continue to provide some great coverage for you as the offseason gets underway. As I like to say, it's just beginning. There's so much more to come, and we hope you're going to hang with us for this ride and watch what unfolds for this exciting and potential-filled 2023 Bears season. Thank you guys so much. So long, everybody.